Well, for those who are joining us today, I want to tell you we're in the midst of a summer series. And the summer series is called Come and See and Then Go and Tell the Good News of Jesus Christ. This invitation is uh, uh, kind of began with the angels on Easter morning when uh, a group of women went to give Jesus a proper burial. Everything happened over that weekend so fast they couldn't give their rabbi, their friend, their teacher a proper burial. And so they went early on the first day of the week and uh, they had considered who was going to roll away the the stone to get into the tomb. But when they got there, the stone was rolled away and there were these angels standing there. And there was this great invitation. Come and see. Come inside the tomb. See where they laid him. See that he's not here. And then go and tell others the good news that he is alive. And so we're following that very special invitation. And this time, um, we're looking at the story, the invitation through the gospel, through the eyes of Matthew, the tax collector. In the Bible, in the New Testament, there are four gospels, which means good news. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're taking the summer to look at Matthew's account at the life of Jesus. We want to come and see so that we might go and tell others some good news. So here is, uh, here's what you need to know about the text we're looking at this morning. Um, if you understand, if you get what Jesus is teaching here, according to Jesus, you will get his other teachings as he speaks in parables. So that's great, except the flip side of that is, if you don't get what Jesus is saying to the group, you won't get what he says in the rest of the gospel. Now that uh, makes this what's called a watershed moment. And, and, and that phrase, watershed moment, means that Something is happening, and then you have this moment, and from here on, everything is different. And Jesus is basically saying, from here on, if you get what I'm teaching, everything for you will be different from now on. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a scary thought. It's an exciting thought, but it's also a scary thought. To understand the importance, you also need to see that Jesus changes kind of two things in the way he's going to now start teaching. The first is he's now going to focus on the crowd. Where remember from Matthew 5 through 8, I mean that whole section, he focused on teaching the disciples. Now he's saying not just you all, but you all is who he's addressing. And he's changing the way that he is teaching. Before, he taught in what's called simple truth. Now he's going to speak in what's called parables. Parables are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. 
Parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He's going to teach them in worldly concepts or word pictures to teach a divine truth. He's going to use the visible world that they live in to teach and in, about the invisible world of the kingdom of God. So, does that prepare you for what we're going to do? A watershed moment, you get this, you'll get everything. You don't get this, you're going to struggle. Different kind of teaching, I think we need to pray. So let me do that. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you and we, we want to know what you want us to know. And so we would ask that the Holy Spirit would take these words that are written on a page and write them on our hearts, that we would be changed. And uh, we would pray that if there's anything that would hinder us hearing you or understanding these words, that you would remove it. Because we've come to hear Jesus, to be taught by Jesus, to be changed, to be more like Jesus. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So we're going to look at the text, Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. And it starts out like this. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And a great crowd, and great crowds gathered about him, so he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables. So again, let me just tell you, Jesus is, is in his hometown of Capernaum. And he goes out just to have time maybe by himself, sits by the, the sea and kind of looking out. And all of a sudden, a crowd gathers. Don't miss the popularity of Jesus. We do not have to be timid or shy or embarrassed about Jesus because Everybody who, who knew of him wanted more of him. And so a crowd gathers. And there's so many that he steps off into a boat and gets put out a little bit, turns around and faces the shore, which is kind of like a natural amphitheater where it's, it's a hillside. So people are, are kind of standing around. And if you've ever been by water, you know that sound carries uh, best over water. And so it, it, it's a natural place for him to teach. Don't miss that he sat down and they stood up. I still can't get this church to do that, to have me sit down and you all stand for the three hours that I share the gospel. <laughs> but I'm working on it. Just two more weeks. Anyway, so um, he taught this parable. A sower went out to sow. Now, in my own mind's eye, did he have this in mind? Was this his morning devotional? And he was letting people in on it? I, I think what happened is he's in a boat. There's the people on the shore watching. And on the hillside, he actually sees someone sowing seeds. And it, it was an agrarian culture. Everyone was familiar because everyone had to have a garden. Everyone had to have a food source. So this person, or maybe there were several people who were out sowing in their fields, and he begins with this earthly picture. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, 
and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. Since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. The seeds fell on, other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So Jesus is describing a, a familiar scene at the time. Someone would have a bag of seed at their side, and they would walk through uh, their area, and they would generously sow seeds everywhere. They, they would cover the entire ground no matter what. They would throw it out there. Okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ask you to burn a few brain cells with me this morning, okay? How many had a cup of coffee already? You're awake? <laughs> Almost everybody. How many have had breakfast? Orange juice, a little kind of protein, very nice. Mountain Dew? Diet Mountain Dew? Do we have it? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So we're ready for the question. This is, you know, to kind of grasp what is happening here. The parable of the sower, next slide, has uh, actually three parts to it. Three parts. The parable of the sower, part one, is it has a sower. Also, the parable has seeds. Also, the parable has soils. So when you put them all together, it looks like the earth going around the sun. When you put them all together, who here believes that this parable is about the sower? Not one person. It's called the parable of the sower. Thank you very much. How many of you believe it's a parable about the seed? Okay. How many think it's a parable about the soil? All right. You guys are leaning. You all are reading the parable of the sower and believe it's about the soil. Hmm. Well, let's look and see what it is. Because here's the part I want to remind you that I kind of reminded you of in the, in the beginning that Mark records when he tells this story of what Jesus says. Mark says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So, do we understand the parables? Well, let me give you a hint. There is a sower. There are one kind of seed. And there are four kinds of soil. There's the hardened soil of the paths, the thin soil over the rocks, there's the cluttered soil of the weeds, and then there is the deep soil. So here is the second question for your brain. Are the soils different from each other? Is the soil different? 
the actual soil. Now, I have studied this. I have preached on this for more years than I can remember. And I never saw that the soils are the same. I never, I never saw that. So let me, I went out and uh, last night and went to uh, the soil and uh, I thought I would try to picture what this was about. So I, I got some soil and, and this soil is hardened. It's, it's been stomped down. It's, it's the soil from, that would be like a path. And, and then got this soil that happens to just be a thin layer over some rocks. And then there was this soil that had some growth in it. And, uh, and then there was this soil that's deep and fertile. But in actuality, the soil all came from the same place, the same shovel full of dirt. I didn't go to different places to get different kinds of soil. And if you think about the parable, neither did the sower. The same soil that was the path was also the same soil over the rocks, was also the same soil in the midst of the clutter of the weeds was also the same soil of the place that was fertile. Why is it important to know that it's the same soil? I think it's the key to unlocking the parable. I think Jesus is saying that there's ramifications on how people would hear what he had to say. I think understanding this has huge ramifications on how we're going to hear what he has to say. So the sower's the same. The seed is the same. The soil is the same. What makes them Different. What makes the soil different? What makes the soil different is the condition of the soil. What makes it the soil different is the condition of the soil. And you might say, well, Jerry, thank you for that lesson. What does that have to do with us? I think... It's what we're supposed to know and see and tell others. The condition of the soil matters. Because look how Jesus ends the parable. He, 13.9, he or she who has ears, let them hear. Do you and I this morning have ears to hear 
what Jesus is teaching. Did the crowd have ears to hear what Jesus was sowing? What is the condition of the soil in our hearts? What is the condition of the soil in my heart? Jesus is sowing the word. How is that truth falling on the ears of your heart? How is that falling on the ears of my heart? Because Jesus explains the soils. Listen, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, Matthew 13, 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. He's talking about our hearts. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no room in, in, in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and prove it unfruitful. These three soils, the condition of these soils, make it almost impossible for seed to take root. Almost impossible for the seed to take root and grow. So here's the question. Which of these best represent the soil or the character or the condition of our heart today? Which one best says, identifies, the condition of my heart, the condition of your heart. Because look what, what Paul writes in Romans. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified and with the mouth confesses and is saved. Jesus is stressing in his teaching for us to examine, for the crowd 2,000 years ago, but for us to examine the condition of our hearts, the condition of my heart. And here's what I found. It doesn't take much to deteriorate, deteriorate my heart's condition. I can find myself, maybe it's life circumstances, maybe it's a, a, an event that happened, I can find myself having my heart just harden, become more flexible more judgmental. The 
then there are difficulties that we face where life has gotten rocky at times. Maybe we've gone through a hardship, uh, a, a medical procedure, a diagnosis, uh, been betrayed, a broken relationship, and all of a sudden, the soil becomes very thin on our hearts. There's not a lot that, that grows very easily there. And then there are times where the cares of this world and the promises and the, if I only had that and we do everything we can to get that and all of a sudden our spiritual journey is, is choked out because we are overcommitted to this and that or we focused here or, or, and we've let the cares of this world overwhelm us and the seeds and the seed of the kingdom does not grow very, very well at all. The wants and cares choke out the voice of God. And in all of these situations, we, we find our prayers become rote and we don't pray as much. Our Bibles collect dust and are rarely looked at and we walk away from any kind of spiritual vitality. And this is, a, this is what happens. This is what happens. So what do you do? What do you do when the condition of your heart is not in a good place and for any truth to get in, it would be very difficult. There's a guy in the uh, Old Testament. He, he had this, when his name is mentioned, there's a tagline, a man after God's own heart. It was King David. And you're thinking, what? King David? What a scoundrel. Do you know how many horses and and wives and, and property and things that, that clogged his life. King David, are you kidding me? How shallow he was with God, he, how much he doubted God when he was on the run, whether God even heard him or, or, or knew he was there or would keep his promises. You mean King David with the heart that was so hardened that he looked over the wall to the, one of his generals, why, wife who was sunbathing and he invited her into his bedchamber and committed adultery and then when she got pregnant he had him killed that hardened heart David that shallow David that cluttered David are you kidding me he was a man after God's own heart He's the guy in the Bible that's lifted up for us to emulate. Here's what David prays in Psalm 139. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me, test, test me, and know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me 
and lead me in the way everlasting. If you find something there, lead me away from it. Search me. See what you find. Find the hardening, the shallowness, the weeds. Now, we're going to do something for just, it's a little different. There's a, an ancient way of reading the scriptures called Lectio Divina. And that's where you take a piece of scripture and you read it over several times because in, in, in a very special, mysterious way, God speaks through that as you silently hear scripture reread. So I'm going to ask you to kind of settle in, close your eyes. I'm going to read Psalm 139, these two verses, three times. I just want you to, to kind of clear your mind of everything. I want you to hear the word of God. I want your, the soil of your heart to be open. And here, here's the deal. If you hear a word in the midst of it that just jumps out at you, More than likely, it is a word from the Lord of something that needs to be encouraged or taken care of. So close your eyes for a moment, and then I'm going to read three times. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What comes to mind? Was there a word or a thought? Hold on to that. Jim, Jesus teaches us about what happens when the soil is good. He says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He, she, indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and another thirty. When God's word, when the seed hits a heart that is ready to hear, that is not hardened or cluttered or uh, shallow. It takes root 
The roots go deep. And so when times of dryness happens, there's still growth. When, when times of difficulties happen, when trauma and difficulties, the seed still grows well. And the soil is so good and the seed is growing so well, there's not room for other things to clutter it out. That's what Jesus wants to teach the crowd 2,000 years ago. That's what Jesus wants to teach us. How is my heart these days? How is your heart these days? What has gotten into it that keeps the seed from growing in a bounteous way? Are you ready for a seed to grow? If you are, your life will produce more than you can imagine. Now here's Here's the other nugget for me, besides the soil being the same, is that the sower sowed generously. He threw as much seed over the hardened ground as he threw over the shallow ground, as he threw over the cluttered ground, as he threw over the fertile ground. He didn't ignore these. He gave them the same chance to grow and be fruitful as he did the fertile ground. We have a gracious sower that no matter the condition of our hearts, he sows generously. That's part of the good news. The other part of the good news is my heart is as fertile as yours when the conditions are right. And those that voted about the seed, a seed can grow in hardened ground. You see it all the time when you walk down a sidewalk, what a seed will do, it will lift concrete. It will break through things that are unbreakable because of the power of the seed. The sower is amazing because he gives all our hearts the ability to receive. And the seed is powerful. It will change your life, the truth, the word of God. It's the soil. It's my heart and yours that we need to pay some attention to. You think about that. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, I can't believe how generous, how loving that you would spread seeds over all our hearts. 
Seed that is powerful to break through hardened ground, powerful to break through shallow ground, powerful to break through any weeds that we have, have in our lives. But you tell us that it does well when the condition of our heart is such that it doesn't have those other things to contend with. So I pray, Lord, for folks who are here who might feel that life has hardened them and they're beyond help. Help them to sense the seed that could break through that hardness. I pray for those who feel like their faith is thin because they've been through a lot and don't know if they can take any more and whether you're even trustworthy, I pray that that seed would take root and go deep and break up those rocks. And I pray for lots of us in this room that allow a paycheck or a place that we live or a social status or a this or that to crowd out the power of the eternal seed that you plant in our lives. And I thank you that you've helped us to have fertile soil and that the seed goes deep and you're doing incredible things in our lives. I'm grateful for a sower and a powerful seed. Lord, help each of us to change the condition of our heart that it would be fruitful for you in the kingdom so that amazing things can happen for all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.